coming up on Just Elders Podcast. You, what's that movie when you lift a little lion up? <laughs> lion King. <laughs> lion King. <laughs> I, I see the little lion king. <laughs> so, so you saw that and you were like, that's me. That's <laughs> all you see in Monroe from here. <laughs> And so, all right. Funny. So let me tell you, like, I got called bullshit, bullshit. Like, <laughs> I, I, I hear what he's saying. I probably did used to play too much. I know, well, I know I used to play. My parents seen me and my brothers going in that direction, and it came to a point where she had to make a choice. They told her either we all going to prison, or either we had to leave New York. I remember. Well, we this that's a whole nother thing. But anyway, anyway my, my sexing was so bad, I spent hours kissing a girl and and <laughs> I mean hours. But you gotta realize something. You always want better. You always want better for your child. So when I seen you started going astray off a little tiny things, just little things as a, just as a kid, it might have been, you might have, uh, let's not get into exactly what it I mean, let's get into detail. Been. This is just a podcast. We're going to keep it real. So like what? Well, you know, you was a little mischievous when you was young. You know, you, you, I mean, I used to steal. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I think, Shit. I think. Don't feel disappointed if you haven't received something, and it's good to have that conversation. And because you might have thought, well, wow, hell, you could have taught me about sex, you taught me about this. I didn't know how to teach you about sex because I didn't know about sex. Okay. I didn't know how to teach you how to do certain things. Well, I was a natural. Okay. I want to let you know. Well, I, I already <laughs> know about that. But anyway. <laughs> And I think that, you know, anybody that look at their kids, they can say that each and every one of them has a value that cannot be measured when it comes to measurements of the heart. So there's no favor as to a child. I get the bullshit. I get that from him, too. (laughs) (laughs) Let me me tell you. I have no doubt. Let me get my daddy prop now. The one time where my daddy believed in me, 1,000%. You already know what I'm about to talk about. When I had the group, truth be told. Man, yes, absolutely. But yeah, I have to tell you, you say 1,000%. I could say at least four or five 1,000%. <laughs> hey, my daddy, like, so I had a group back in the day. Truth be told. But my daddy seen us. If they would have listened to me. <laughs> my daddy seen, look. My daddy looked at us like Joe Jackson looked at Jackson. <laughs> man, man. I be repping Jesus, so you know I gotta shine. They'll play my music from the Fisher 1079. I'm on my Texas swag. I'm chopping screw in it. First there was Drake, now I'm the youngest rapper doing it. I praise him right, I will. I praise him right, I will. A young gospel rapper guy gave some stupid skills. I'm going in for God, and yeah, that it was so. My music blowing up. Turn up, turn up, turn up. Yeah, yeah. See, that was my group back then. Ready?
Born ready. And I want to do a Father's Day episode. And we always come into songs, but there are no songs for men to their dad. Like... It's a fire song, but I don't want to dance to my dick. <laughs> That's when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about this one? <laughs> hey, only thing about this song, I can't relate. <laughs> my daddy was there. I like the hit though. It got like a five minute intro. <laughs> Look how long this intro is. That song ain't it. Oh, you know what? What about this? Will never let me down. I like that one, but it ain't lit enough. How I'm feeling is like this on Father's Day. What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge, and you are tuning into the greatest podcast to ever hit the airwaves. That is the Just Eldridge Podcast. I'm super excited because I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. Happy Father's Day to all the black men, the brothers, the kings. Without you, none of this is possible. I know we say that about the sisters all the time. But this is the two to tango type situation. So I just want to do an episode where I acknowledge fatherhood properly. Um, before I get into that, um, I want to acknowledge one of my favorite fathers. Uh, I watch him all the time be a Focus, dedicated, fun, cool dad. Y'all give it up for Keith. Hey, good. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Father's Day, man. I know you uh, uh about to do it. I know you did it big for Father's Day. I know baby girl took care. Didn't she get you the uh the words last year? We never use it like we're supposed to. You be using it, but I don't be like, 
So baby girl got my man a, a dope calendar for Father's Day last year. That's crazy. That only thing like it feel like it's been a year. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Time be flying. So um, that being said, y'all, you know what? I'm actually excited because, you know, we have been, I would argue, putting out some of the greatest episodes that we have ever produced. Um, shout out to the whole gesture of the podcast team. Me and Keith. <laughs> um, and we just been talking about COVID-19, white supremacy, police brutality, white people. Like, for once, I just want to shift gears and I want to focus on a conversation about fatherhood. And... I was thinking about doing a why black man why and bringing all these brothers in and let's just talk about it. But I said, I want to do something different, man. I want to actually have a conversation on air, raw and live with my dad. So ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. I want y'all to give a round of applause to the brother. Who shot me out of nutsack in 89. <laughs> Eldridge Washington. <laughs> What's up, daddy? How's the world doing out there today? We good, we good, we good, 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 good. So, um. All right, son. Yeah, that's good. It's good to be here with you today. All right, dad. So, look, this is what's going to happen. You don't know. I want to let y'all know. My dad don't know what's happening. I just said, let's record, let's record a podcast for Father's Day. I want to have a conversation. I want to let y'all know this conversation is not scripted. We have not rehearsed anything. Um, I just want to have a conversation with my dad. I'm going to ask him questions. If you got any questions, you can ask me. Like, let's just. This is what I think Father's Father Day should be about. Get your dad's get your dad something to eat. I just made him a hot dog. I cooked for my pops. Hey. Cook for my pops. And, you know, just have a conversation, man, and really talk about it. Because, you know what? I always say this. I tell people this, and I mean this. I am a direct 50-50 split between my parents. In looks, in their personalities, in their habits, in their behaviors, I literally see stuff that I do, and I be like, damn, that's my daddy. Every time I buy something unnecessary and stupid in the technology store... <laughs> I'd be like, damn, that's my daddy. Every time I go out to eat, and I had this crazy notion to pay for everybody meal. Damn, that's my daddy. Like, I know what you love about me, that personality. I, that's my mom. We got to give that to Paulette. But what you respect, that work ethic, that hustle, that grind, that visionary mindset, that's definitely my dad. I get all of that from you, man. So that, so today I just want to have a conversation with you, huh? Okay, bring it on. 
You seem nervous. <laughs> nervous is never in my category of life. <laughs> this this is going to be good. <laughs> Alright man, so um I was just pulling about these different articles like they were like questions you should ask your parents, you know what I'm saying? So I wanna start like that, man. Um Pops, my granddad, your dad, he's no longer with us. Uh he passed away, but talk to me about your dad. Tell me about Pop, man, growing up with him. My dad, he was a prime example of a, of a strong fortress. More than anything, um, he, I know he was, uh, in his era, he was a hard, I was born in the 60s, in the early 60s. So seeing my dad growing up as I was a young, young child, you know, I seen him as a strong fortress, a hardworking man, and just, Overall, all he did more than anything, it just appeared he was just there, supportive for his family. And uh, more than anything, it was more uh, hard work ethics than anything, more than I would have to say. Because you grew up in New York, right? In Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. And, like, you know, I don't hear different stories about, like, uh, Pop had the uh, casino in the Brownstone. Yes, yeah. Yeah. He had his own Little casino down in Brooklyn. Like, like what? I mean, what? What type? Like they were playing cards. They roll the craps. Like, I mean, talk to me about that. And like, yeah. as a child, how does that like? You think about your dad having a casino, and how? Like, how did you look at it? I was I was young back then. All I know is that he told us that we was not allowed in this in this place. We had a five story building, and at the bottom lower level. It was just like a real jute joint. I mean, folks came in from all over town. All I know, they came in uh, just like the old days, dressed in the uh, uh, psychedelic dresses, the high skirts and the hats. And uh, they came in and they played poker. They played poker. Uh, they shot pool. Uh, they drunk. And the only reason I knew, because uh, every chance I got, I snuck down there and uh I paid the price for it, but I snuck down there a few times. Uh, but you know, yeah, that was that was going on in my younger days in life. What's so crazy? Uh, so my grandmother, his wife, uh, rest in peace, uh, Uncle Earthly. He do the old uh, poker nights. Yeah, in her house now. That's right. <laughs> like right. father, like son. They, <laughs> they got on some about They start poker at ten o'clock at night, and they go to like ten o'clock in the morning, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, they be going in, bro. So, like, father, like, and then little unsure be cooking all the food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's a restaurant. It's a casino. They got the speaker yeah, going. Just like it was when we was young. That's crazy to me. Uh, so, uh, man, as a dad, man, let's talk about, you know, I guess the um, hardest moment. Like the not the hardest moment, but um, I guess the hardest lesson the, uh, that hit the hardest, the greatest lesson that your dad ever taught you. I tell you, my dad was one who 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 spoke very loudly with little words, and uh, 
I can't remember other than one time that he ever put his hand on me. And that was when I snuck down in the casino one time. So that was one time. But, uh, but I recall that, uh, it was a time when, uh, Pop would just see me about to do something, and it was uh, usually something that was going to cause me to get in trouble with the law in some form or fashion. And uh, and he never would come and argue or anything with me about it, but he just would come over and he would just always say something so odd, the awkwardest thing. It could have been anything like, I mean, it could be... I mean, I'm about to be to go do the craziest thing, and he might not know exactly what it is, but it's just just the moments where he just had them slight words. Where it could be the craziest things, like it could be in the middle of the night, and he'll say something like, "You know, I believe the sun's gonna look real good in the morning." You know, and he just <laughs> he'll just say some of the craziest things, but he would be trying to tell me in his own words. You know, how, how to stop not to do the things that I was about to do. But, more, you know, he just he just had his ways of, of touching me in, in different ways. So he didn't whoop you much? No. Pop never whooped me. So why did you whoop me? You know why? Because. <laughs> so, that's interesting. You know. <laughs> that's, that's some interesting shit right there. You know. Because you used to whoop the hell out of me. I did. Like, I'm talking really about did. real you, ass whoopings. Real ones. Probably right now, they probably would lock me up if they knew how bad your whoopings was. So, like, why did, why whoop me? But you know what it was? I'm going to tell you what it was, son. I knew how I was as a young man growing up in New York. This ain't got nothing to do with you. Ain't got nothing to do with today. But you got to realize something. You always want better. You always want better for your child. So when I seen you started going astray off of little tiny things, just little things, as a, just as a kid, it might have been, you might have... Uh, let's not get into exactly what it is. I mean, let's get into detail. Been. This is just a podcast. We're going to keep it real. So, like what? Well, you know, you was a little mischievous when you was young. You know, you... you I mean... I used to steal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think... Shit. I think... I think probably that was probably one of them. One of and and somebody might say, that's it? That's all? But, you know, for me, I know that I didn't want to see my child go in the direction that I went as a young man. See, as a young man growing up in New York and Brooklyn, it wasn't by choice that I was in the gang life. It wasn't by choice that I was doing the, the, the robbing and the things that I did do as a young man. It's because the environment, the environment was pulled you in it. You either done it or you got killed or either you got got your ass whooped every day until you decide you're going to be a part of it. Right. So that environment sucked me in there and, and, and that stuck in my head as a, as a growing, growing up as an adult that I want to make sure that my sons don't go in that direction and do the stupid things that I've done. So you whooped the hell out of me. I started whooping <laughs> you at a young age 
just just to keep you going in a in a in a good path. And you know what? And I think I think you overall you done good. Now that shit didn't help. Like, <laughs> it helped. <laughs> Trust me. That shit didn't help. It helped help. to I, a certain degree. I can tell me. you now, bro. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about it, man. Like I wasn't your first child. Sade was your first child. Right. And um, you know, when you and mom y'all got married, y'all both had daughters. Mom, you had mom had Paula, you had Sade, right. but I was your first child with mom, and I was your first son. That's right. So like, and I'm technically the first. Right? So, give me your thought, man. You had a son, like, cause uh, you know, and I wish Keith was on the mic too, cause he is a father. But like, uh, Keith uh, had a son first. You, your first child was a son, right? So like I'm not a father, so like talk about that when I'm having a child, but I'm having another version of me. Like, what are the thought process? I I think that was uh, 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 one of the most exciting moments for me coming up as a young man because you know having a son is somewhat uh, a desire and a dream of a, a man that want to do right and have a family and, and try to raise a family. A son seems like it would be the 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 emblem of you starting a family. Not saying that a, a daughter isn't, but it's a little different when you when you bring a son into the world. I feel like you keep the name going. Yeah, it's it's like a continuation. It's a continuation to help you build in a legacy. Whether it's with a daughter, but a son more carries that name, and you just feel like you uh you you brought somebody into this world that can help carry your legacy. What were you thinking, Keith, when you had your son? Um, see, mine's a little different because, see, you was, like, married, right? See, I wasn't. So, with my son, to your point, I was happy because I had a son. Um, carry on my legacy, but we weren't married. So, in my eyes, I, always, I felt like having a son would be easier to raise say I had to like do it by myself mm-hmm. so seeing that I was like yeah but then like man like he say I mean I'm named after my dad and I'm my dad's first you know you're the same you're your dad's first son and my son I had him first so I think just having a son to me lets me know okay I at least gonna have a piece going forward like your daughter yeah but you give your daughter away, right. you know, when like yeah, you get when married, married you, uh, yeah, you kind of give her away. Like, yeah, you still take care of her, but you, that's the ceremonial thing, right. you know? So it's like, and you know, I know it will come a time where my daughter might choose her husband over me. Mm. I, you know what I'm saying? I don't want it to be like that, but she should, you know, versus my son. I mean, like he says he's gonna carry he's gonna carry it on. So Right, you're gonna keep it going. Yeah. So I remember my first son. Uh, <laughs> that relationship didn't last long. <laughs> hey, hey, all right. So um uh, so boom. You had me, right? I'm born. Talk to me about like what were your plans for me? That's what I want. Like when you look at your son and you like, yo, this is God is gonna carry my name. I want to know and be real. I want you. I want to have a real conversation, Daddy. 
Like, and, and if you didn't have no plan, just say you didn't have no plan. If you didn't have no hopes or desires, say that. But let's have a real conversation. Well, my first, my first impression was actually when you was first born. Of course, it's, it's a proud thing to have a son. But I, I honestly, when you was first born, I felt like, uh, this would be my opportunity. And what I meant by that is, uh, my first born Sade, I didn't feel like I had the opportunity to be able to spend as much time with her growing up in her younger life. And, and when you was born, I felt like this was an opportunity that I have now to try to, to try to do it right. And to say what is doing it right at a young age, you don't know what exactly doing right is, but you do know that you want to do the best that you can. So, uh, overall, I think that, uh, my plans for you would say is that I just want to make sure that I raise you as a strong young black man that, that, uh, that can walk in any room, be strong, be encouraged, encourage others. I mean, I just, I that just. That was your plan. That, that, I seen. That sound coherent. I seen, no, I seen you, you, what's that movie when you lift a little lion up? <laughs> lion King. <laughs> lion King. <laughs> I, I seen the little lion King. <laughs> so, so you saw that, you were like, that's me. That's <laughs> all you see in Monroe from here. <laughs> From the well, hey, you're gonna take all these lands. So, like, like, so, I'm gonna get to it. Like, I'm, right now, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm building up to the genesis. Like, I'm gonna get to the point where I actually start recollecting my father. Okay. So, like, because I, I mean, I'm waiting for the hard stuff. I ain't seen nothing yet. It ain't, it ain't. Ain't none of it hard. It's our life. It's our truth. That's right. So it's it's all smooth. So it's like, uh, let me ask your dad a question about this. Yeah. Uh, being that he's your first son. Yeah. Why name him Eldridge? I name I'm named after my dad, but I did not name my first son after me. Now I have a different reason, but I want to know your reason for naming giving Eldridge your name. I was I, I personally uh, when I was. A young kid, I didn't like the name Eldridge at all. I didn't, I, I didn't accept the name. And you I came up in the air knowing who the Panthers were. No, exactly. You know, but for whatever reason, that name, I, I wasn't in that era of the Black Panthers and, and following Eldridge Cleaver at the time. I just wasn't in that era. I was born in it at a young age, and uh, I just wasn't in that era because. My parents, that's a whole nother story, but my parents seen me and my brothers going in that direction. And it came to a point where she had to make a choice. They told her either we are going to prison or either we had to leave New York. So she chose to get us all out of New York. So I was about to go in that era, but to come into the, the era South, of like the revolutionary era or the gang era? The, the revolutionary era, the gang era. I was falling in it very hard. Okay. Uh, and then when I came to the South, it was like, like all of a sudden it was like all this stuff going on. Then all of a sudden you're getting hit. It was like, whoop. 
like tweet tweet birds and squirrels and you know just a whole different thing and at that young age i adapted and y'all more. lived on fryer right when I first came into uh, Georgia, yes, I stayed over by Carver Home. Everybody yeah. know the famous so, so, Carver Home prior. So what's so crazy? I just I just want to make this connection. Derek Bozeman is my mentor now. Right. Born and raised Carver Homes. That's Joy, that's his, that's 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 yeah. Derek Hood. So when I was hanging, when I first met Derek Bozeman, his best friend is Michael Langford. Mm-hmm. And Michael Langford, when I first met him, he was like Elders Washington. He was like. You know what Eartha Lee is Washington? And I was like, that's my uncle. They were like, shut up. He said, man, Eartha. So Eartha Lee's was Arthur Langford's mentee along with Derek Bozeman. Well, y'all had some names. <laughs> y'all had some names on y'all. I'll be scared. Nigga. Elders and Eartha Lee? <laughs> Put your money hey. up, bro. Hey, but to go back to the original I just said, question. That's crazy. I just named him Eldridge because I wanted a son named after me. But his mom said he's not going to be a junior. And so she, I said, that's cool. You know, Eldridge. You bitch now. That's cool. Let him voice guy. You know he wanted a junior. I got what I wanted. Hey, Eldridge was cool. <laughs> That's so funny. So, and then for those that know, my dad is Eldridge Perez Washington. That's right. Yeah. And I'm Eldridge Emmanuel. And they justified it. My mom justified Emmanuel because I'm three days before Christmas. So, she was trying to tie it in, baby Jesus, all that shit. Yeah. So, like, that's that's how she justified not yeah. calling me a junior. <laughs> my, now I see my daddy's salty. What, what's so funny, though, my mom didn't want me to be a junior either. So, that's why I'm the second okay. with her bougie ass. Like, <laughs> so, everybody on my dad's side called me junior. But she was like, I don't want him to be a junior. So, my dad was like, oh, okay, well, then we call him the second. You know. Now, speaking of juniors in second, so Troy Wilson is Uncle uh-huh. Troy. Troy Wilson, the second, is Jamal, my cousin that's always on the podcast. And his initials are TJW. That's what they initials is. Troy has three sons. All of them, their first name is Troy. Yeah. All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> he did the George Foreman <laughs> shit? Bruh. All three of his son's name is Troy. And he changed the J, um, so it's Jaren. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody has different J names, but it's TJW. He like it's Brandon. <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> Brandon. Brandon Legacy. Now, I, I will say all my kids are KD. Well, my my son. Yeah, is you Casey. showed me that. You told me. You showed yeah, me that. Yeah, yeah. So we we got a little branding thing going on. And my sister and my brother and my dad. So we we got a little. You know, little Brandon, he's right on that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, uh, See, that's that new age stuff everybody doing. We wasn't thinking about no Brandon back then. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we, another they, one. They thinking like, God damn, another kid, <laughs> another. <laughs> Go pick a name out the Bible. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. shit, my mama, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All of us, I got a name out yeah. the Bible, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that shit is hilarious, bro. Like, um. Oh yeah, Troy said he gonna change his name though. He said his he about to change his uh last name to Troy. Mm. And he changing all of their first names. Like, cause he don't want he don't want um no, his last name is gonna be Troy. He don't want Wilson because that's his slave name. So 
He letting his parents pick his new middle, first and middle name, because his last name is about to be Troy. <laughs> yeah, so some weird shit, but it's funny. <laughs> like, nah, like, I, I, I like that. I like that coming into that consciousness, brother. That's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, pretty I, probably, cool. I probably gonna take to a name that I can't pronounce though. <laughs> I guess it's different because, like, you know, when you think about your name, I mean, it's it's half and half. It's like half attached to slavery but to me if you're still alive today it's survive it's, it's survival it's your, name. It's, it's your name you know you survive and i i don't make i told my daddy i don't make no. this i started using eldridge so i was emmanuel all the way growing up if you really know me you caught me man right. uh in middle school high school i was emmanuel i didn't start using eldridge till when i got a job and i had this asshole manager that will only call you what your check had on it so Whatever your first name, last name, and check, that's what he called you. Eldridge Washington. So everybody, so the girls actually liked it. That's what made me start using Eldridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, he like, mm-hmm. hey, look. Prestigious. Yeah, yeah, it is. This shit, that shit fine, bro. <laughs> I'm talking about, they love this shit. They be like, and then especially when I talk to a hood shoulder, and she be like, Eldridge Emmanuel Washington. Ooh, <laughs> like it's just it's a it's a very you got a name like a president. <laughs> that nigga got a master's and a doctor. But you know, I can't think of one time that uh, me and your mother ever considered the child questioning what their name is when they grow up. You know, we just like, oh, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be that. But you know, sometimes I'm probably today they probably do it more. Think about how your child gonna feel when they get older about that name. Right. You know, you should. You should so, think about it more. Alright, so when I'm getting older, and I'm gonna keep the answer to this too as a dad, like, cause you seeing your kid, so you you you're at a phase that my dad has already surpassed, but like when you start seeing your child, like, when did you know like dang that's that that's that that's his personality? <laughs> like like when did you know like that's what type of person Eldridge is gonna be, or man. I'm talking to you. Let's the answer first. Well, are you saying more of like when you when just did like I you, you recognize? Know, like, yeah, just recognize like what type of person. Like, oh, right, he has okay. a vibrant okay. personality. Gotcha. He has like gotcha. what? Like what? Gotcha. Give me the moment. Give me. Gotcha. Honestly, honestly. You know, they call it they call it a ADD or something now. But when you were very, very young, very young, I, I just couldn't understand why you wouldn't stay still. Never would stay still. It don't matter. That's why I mean we would go we would go to uh me and your mom might have a meeting or something and I'm standing here talking to the people and next thing I know I look on the corner of my eye because you swinging over there on, on their tree or something. And I'm like trying to not, you know, make these people recognize how, how loose my son is. But as you, you was getting loose, older. That shit sound gay. <laughs> you know what I mean, young man. I mean, as you was getting older, I just started recognizing you. Uh, and then you would go on projects with me and I would give you assignments. And then next thing I know, uh, you would, before I come back, you would have all the men pretty much, you would be in charge of the men just because I left the job for whatever reason, not just because you're my son, but you just had a way of, of pulling, 
pulling people. So I seen that. I seen how you you got people to do things, and no matter how, what direction I gave you, I started noticing. You, <laughs> I remember this. you. You always found the easier way. You felt like it was an easier way. To me, it was a stupider way. But it was to you. It was an easier way. See, see, see. You know? My daddy didn't. Under, he didn't respect the engineer ingenuity in me. Yeah. See, I seen all that crazy. So I, I just, I knew. Look, I look. Knew. I, I gotta give an example. I gotta give an example. So like, it'll be like construction, right? And we're gonna talk about it because I remember my dad did not like taking me to work. No, like, I didn't at first. Like, no. My dad didn't like taking me to work, and and my mom didn't want me to be soft living in the house with all girls. So like it was always this: either I got to be outside all day, or I'm going to work with my daddy. Right. So I just remember daddy used to ask me to do like and keep keep work with me now. What's the one thing I hate about work? What's the one thing I hate? <laughs> Tomorrow test? No, busy work. Just oh, are you talking about when they just make us do shit? Just, like going to the office. Yeah, like just <laughs> just make me do stuff that like oh, do this paperwork, but we know we about to throw it away. Yeah. Like move move those bricks from this end of the yard to that end of the yard. So my daddy used to give me stuff like I could tell the work was not like, and then you got to realize all my dad employees had sons around my age, and every summer they're getting better and better in their craft. I'm learning shit. I'm still pass me the screwdriver. Pass me the hammer. Like, Lil Dave, rest in peace to Big Dave. Lil Dave actually, he a plumber now. He worked from, but this is the story. Look, Big Dave was like the coolest dude that you ever had work for you. Like, I love Big Dave. He was a plumber. His son used to come to work. And Big Dave, they were from Atlanta, Atlanta. Like, they had a gold. <laughs> I'm talking about they were from Atlanta, Atlanta. Me and Lil Day used to get into it. Remember we got to fighting on the job yep. that one time? But Lil Day dad was actually showing him how to do work. Half of them could Big Day would be lazy and don't feel like getting in that hole. And he actually teaching his son. <laughs> plumber, how, plumber, you got to get down into that hole. Right. So Lil Day actually knowing how to do the work. To the, so much to the point now, 20, 30 years later, Lil Dave works for my dad as a plumber in his construction company. Damn. Yeah. I don't know shit. <laughs> you do. You do know how to go collect the check. You good. Now, now look. always had you do that. So. <laughs> now, See, now, 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 I want to just talk about that. Like, go, go to now, I, 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 I think I can stick up for you. Because, you know, I've heard you tell that story before, right? And I used to be like, well, I could, I could be like, damn, well. You know, your dad could have, you know, he could have put you on, right? He played but, too much. Uh, yeah, but see, but hearing your dad's side of it and knowing that I have kids, nah, hell nah. If you playing all the time. All and, the time. And I'm thinking you're ADD and the best. All the time. And the best thing you're good at is getting the check. Well, go get the check then. Like, you go, go. Nah, I'm, I'm going to let you, let I'm going to let you get let, your let talent. Let's say it like I was just a check getter. That was. Nah, nah, nah. Like, you, uh, worked, you worked hard every time I ever asked you to work. Like, I got my work done. Always got I, it done. I always got work done. But. Always. The way I'm looking at it, I'm like, this shit got to be a better way. I'm just like, this makes no sense. Why carry one brick at a time when I can drag 10? You know what I'm saying? Like. It was just it, was it, it wasn't that you wasn't being. Uh, I, I had no problem about your ingenuity. It's just that 
a lot of them guys started following you at a young age. I expect them to do something, and they come back and say, they don't done it his way, and that just wasn't the way I wanted it. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of, and, see and that. it was nothing wrong with that. But, but I knew, you know, as as time went on, when uh, when it was when man really came, Eldridge came into came into his own, and uh, and I think I've even told him this before, because one thing about my my kids, I, I mean, I can't. They have never, ever, ever really contested me or said no or to anything that ever we as parents asked them to do. Uh, they, if, if they, the things they've done, they've done it among themselves as siblings and kept it privately. And they only tell us now about it since they're adults, you know, and that should be crazy as hell. But, <laughs> but I knew. I remember, I remember asking, uh, Eldridge to do something. This, I can't remember exactly what it was or anything, but it was just, you know, I casually, like I always tell him to do something. And, uh, I remember that day and he said no. And he had never said no. He had never said no to me before. And, and, and I remember that, that sunk into me that day. It was like, first it was like, like what? You know? But then it kind of changed me to realize something as a man. You know what? He's 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 becoming a man. You know, I I, I said he's becoming a young man, and uh and I and I seen him coming into his own. And you know what? And ever since I told him this story, he's been saying no ever since. <laughs> just you know, just about just to be like standing up like no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I would have never told him no. <laughs> so, all right. So, let me tell you. Like, I got called bullshit, bullshit. Like, I, I, I hear what he's saying. I probably did used to play too much. I know. Well, I know I used to play. One in my defense, I used to play because I was never really given like no real assignment. I'm just sitting there. Like, you asked me to hand the hamburger, but you never told me like hand you the screwdriver. But you never told me. Why you screw driving? Like, it was just, like, I'm seeing other people learn stuff, right? The reason why I say I got to call bullshit bullshit, right? Because there were other shit you could have taught me that I just feel like you didn't. Like, we never had no real conversation about sex. Like, we never had, bro, you caught me jacking off. I told this story on the podcast. Look, I'm so glad you're bringing it up because I damn sure was about to ask your dad. For those listeners who went back and listened to Elders Don't Run That Race, and let me no, that fun. wasn't Elders. That was uh, that was uh, episode. It was episode four. I thought it was a, a Why Black Man Why. Oh, it was yeah, it was a wild black man. Why? Yeah, yeah, it was a wild yeah, black so man. Episode why. two, episode two, episode two. When y'all go back and listen to that story. Of how Elders got caught jacking off. <laughs> we are now at the conclusion of this story. <laughs> well, we now have his dad to recollect. So tell us what happened when you caught Elders. Elders told us the whole setup. <laughs> he said, you caught him. What happened when you caught him? And what did you do with the magazines? <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this first of all. <laughs> Let me say. Let me say this. Hey, look, go back to the emergency pod. 
When somebody say, let me say this, they about to lie. Let's go. Let's no, first thing, you ain't going to never get no lie out of me. Okay. But uh, I just want to say this. This is this is the real thing. And you said, like, why? Wow, you could have taught me other things, you know? And that's true. Yeah, talk but, about the jacking off, bro. No, let me let, let me let me get to the thing. Okay, I got I got to explain something. You want me to teach you something? First of all, when you teaching your son or you teaching anybody, you teaching them from experience. I couldn't even teach you something that I didn't know. And what I mean by that, son, is first of all. I've never heard the conversation about sex from my mom, my dad, never from my siblings. Nobody has never in my life talked to me about sex. <laughs> never. I didn't even know. I remember. Well, we, this is that's a whole nother thing. But anyway, anyway, my my sexing was so bad. I spent hours kissing a girl, and and <laughs> I mean hours. Because I didn't even know how to go to the next step. <laughs> but all I know, after four hours, she told me, if you don't know, I sure ain't going to teach you. So I left her as that. But all I'm trying to say Damn. is this. Son, you got to know what you're going to teach. So you got to listen at there's certain errors, and people should know this about their parents today. Mm-hmm. Don't feel disappointed if you haven't received something, and it's good to have that conversation. And because... You might have thought, well, wow, you could have taught me about sex or taught me about this. I didn't know how to teach you about sex because I didn't know about sex. I didn't know how to teach you how to do certain things. Well, I was a natural. I want to let you know. Well, I I already know about (laughs) But anyway, so don't don't think that I would not have spent time. But at the same time in that era, just to clarify, yes, you was teachable and I knew you would be okay and I was being the provider that I needed to but the business that I was building back in that day back in that day uh, I had probably 15 men working for me full time and 14 of them was white and I'm only saying this because in the atmosphere that I was in as a black man back then, I had to portray a little extra harder professionalism, and it was okay for a white man to bring their child on the on the job and to teach them. If you notice, all them men was white that had their kids out there, just about. And uh, but me, yeah, because yeah. I was in an era where I was had to work harder as a black man, and and me uh, trying to be a professional, I just did not. Have you on the job as much? Hey, why you didn't get them? Why you didn't get them jobs back to the black community, man? Back in that day, if you notice, it started out with the whites. You, you transferred so over to the blacks. We got big all day. black. How talk about that? Well, you just slid over the jack off, but it's a good point. I was no, talking, oh, I, I, oh I like, yeah, I forgot all about that. But that was, that was no no simple thing. I just. We had a guest. Was you in the guest no, house? No, I was in the house. In the, uh, I was in the house, and you, you knocked on the back door of the living room. You rapped on the back the back glass door, and I was sitting on the couch looking at the TV. So, like. I thought I caught you. That must have been another time I caught you. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you outside in the, in the, 
Hey, as, as, hold on. as y'all can hear, as y'all can hear, this but, revisionist but history. Listen, he always thought that I kept that magazine for myself, whatever it was. But I'm gonna tell you something back then, because me and you, you know, our family was we was uh, coming up in a culture, a very, very, very religious culture right, at right. the time, and I didn't even believe in uh, wearing short short sleeves. I remember. So you said you didn't keep the magazines. Oh, oh no! Matter of fact, anything that looked like it had any nudity, I mean, I just was just. I remember going down the highway. And uh, uh, it was a tape. It's something we all, every family done watched in their life probably. I can't even name, name that movie. But I, I seen that movie. I remember putting it in at the house. And it was no nudity in it. But they just was just doing simple things. And I remember chunking that thing out of the car window so fast because I didn't want to be around nothing like that. So when you was jacking off, I wasn't even used to that shit. You know? So, I'm like, this is a devil in there. I'm like, what the hell? Hey, man. Now, I ain't saying I had never done it. Because I did way back before I got married a long time ago. But then I had got in church and did all this. And then when all that was, when I seen you, it just was a shock to me. So I, I wish I would have knew what to say to you. But I did. Dad, do extra prayer. Please. I prayed. I prayed. Get this masturbation all right. devil. All right, so look. So look, go, you, go back, go back. If you had, if you had to do it over in that moment, what would you do now? Knowing what I, you know now. I will sit you down and say, son, let me say something to you. Let me just give you a little insight of what I know about, uh, about life in general when it comes to sexual activities. These tendencies are, are things that come to a man. But, you know, you just got to know why and you got to be able to handle it and direct yourself if you're going to go in this direction. So basically, I would have just gave you some direction of, of why you're doing it if you didn't understand why you was doing it. And just let you know it's not something that you, you're going to have to do all your life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there might be ups and downs. <laughs> oh, God. So, all right. I will say this. That my, is that is great advice. Uh, I will say this. The one thing my dad did try to teach me to do was fight. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I know this is funny. Your, your daddy remember that jackass up. He remember trying to teach you how to fight. I remember going to my daddy because I remember I was about to get the fight. And I was at first time in public school. Uh, I've been homeschooled my whole life. We've been around all these white folk. Now I'm around black folk. I done said the wrong thing to the wrong nigga girl. <laughs> hey, and this nigga about to whoop my ass. Alex Brown. My bet became my best friend. Me and Trevor became best friends. But we were about to fight. And I remember that. Do you remember that night? Yeah, I remember. I remember that game in the room. You were like, all right, put up your dudes. <laughs> You had them been, I didn't realize how many, I guess you had been, I don't know if you got jumped on or whatever, but you had a few locker brawls. 
and uh, you came home a few times and you told me, and I was like, son, let me see what you got. <laughs> you put up your hands, and I was like, oh, my God. I got to do something here. So if I didn't do anything, I said, let me try. Let me show you how to fight. Let me try. Let me show you. <laughs> oh, my God. And he said that didn't help, but I don't know. Hey, but you know what? But, you know, all I see is your dad, like, pops from Friday, like, all you need is these. But look, the thing is, man, this is the thing. This is what's so but funny. But you live. This is, <laughs> is what's so funny. Like, I, I clearly remember that night, and I remember just being happy and satisfied that you tried. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was just happy and satisfied that, like, man, you know, in my head, I can probably imagine me like, man, I'm probably going to get my ass whooped tomorrow. But me and my daddy, <laughs> we did it. We, we, we hung out. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, man. So, fast forward, fast forward. Let's see. Let's get to, uh, um, school, man. Like, what type of student, according to you as a dad, right? What type of student was I? Like, what type of athlete? Like, what do you remember about me in school? I remember that you, uh, uh, listen, on, on the athletic side, uh, you know, because I worked so much again. Well, I was gonna, I'm gonna go back to that. I tried to be the best dad that I can. And I remember going to several of your football games. And uh, it seems like, you know. Several. Is, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, okay, let's say maybe two or three. <laughs> three is several. Hold on, did you even play past six games? Nah, nah don't play me, bro. Like, I was out there. Hey, look, my daddy was in the house. But I could have been like an NFL player. Like, bro, my dad ain't never seen me play. <laughs> Nah, I was there at least three games. Now, I do remember the one game I did a did concert. I showed up. Yeah, you did. You was one of them. It seemed like, now, I ain't I ain't much of a sports man myself. Uh, I've never uh, participated in football, baseball, basketball, or anything in my life. I've been more of a fighter, martial arts, boxing, them kind of things. But when I seen that boy on the field, it just didn't seem like something wasn't right. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't think the place was made to be like that because he was all over the place. <laughs> Am I right or wrong, man? I thought did your you, dad was going to say you, he saw potential. <laughs> I thought he was too. Hey, 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 I thought he was like, damn, it was just like, hey, hey, I'm about to say, clip that shit, clip that shit. <laughs> Like, this shit is good. You, oh, re- you remember you used to be running all. I mean, I think. See, y'all, they, my, they, dad, my they, daddy don't know about football, so he don't know what it is when you're no. running in motion. He don't okay. know what it is when you're ju- doing a juke. Like, my daddy don't know. Like, they always he don't said, know what a wheel route look like. They like, always <laughs> said that you, you was just running everybody else's position. You was being everywhere. See. Maybe that was at the games that I was at. Now. That because you was, because you was in all them positions, they won a lot of games. Because if you and that other 
Negro wasn't on the team, I don't think they would have won many at all. Negro. Talking about Drico. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> had to be talking about Drico. Yeah, but Drico. you know what's so crazy? Drico Shad. You're ahead of the curve, though, because now they look for versatile players. Like, right. To right, play. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you done you done, you done good in your uh in your sport ethics. I seen that, and even in your school, I never, I don't ever remember hearing any issues about you having. School, yeah, I used to cheat. School problem. Well, I I believe that, but I just yeah, don't. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't believe. I've heard no issues, and I never heard that you cheated. But let me let me tell. I have no. Let doubt. me give my daddy prop now. The one time when my daddy believed in me. One thousand percent. You already know what I'm about to talk about. When I had the group, truth be told. Man, yes, absolutely. But yeah, I have to tell you, you say one thousand percent. I could say at least four or five one thousand percent. Hey, my daddy. Like, so I had a group back in the day. Truth be told. But my daddy seen us. If they would have listened to me, <laughs> my daddy seen. Look. My daddy looked at us like Joe Jackson looked at Jackson. <laughs> man, <laughs> man, I, 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 these Negroes. Hey, hey look. I, I, I took these niggas out buying them clothes. I'm, I'm, I'm dressing them for the occasions, buying special hey, look, nights. Look, 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 I'm being real. Look, booking look, them in key. school. Hey, key. All key. the little girls key. hollering. They're key. taking pictures. We, he took us to DTLR. Hey. Oh, hey. Hey. DTLR popping now. I'm about to say, bro, if you took it to DTLR back then, God, y'all, he was trying to get y'all fresh. Like he was, hey. he was. We had the hoodies. They was on he their did, way. He did the photo shoot. Like I ain't gonna lie, one of the biggest. How many of y'all was in the group? Four. We did three. three. It was me, Monte, Monte and Zay. And I remember the biggest disappointment. It wasn't even. Now, I'm gonna tell y'all what broke it up. But let, go ahead. What <laughs> broke it up? You know what I'm saying? first. No, I'm just saying the biggest disappointment with my daddy, I think, is when I stopped doing music. That was. That was. Because I had stopped was, doing the group. He's good. That group was awesome. And then some of the, if anybody ever listened to some of the songs he's wrote, right, right now. And I can take some of them songs back then and play them now, and they will be a hit right now. But anyway, so that was a disappointment. That was what, what broke up the group. You know what? Them Negroes start stuff start going to their head. Now I go out. Now I buy me my. I, I, I bought two Hummers, but I bought my first Hummer back in that day. And these Negroes talking about they buying my Hummer. <laughs> <laughs> like they all that. <laughs> they, they, get, they get these little bookings and they tell who me. Had, oh, hold on, hold on. So they were making money with the bookings? Yeah. I, what? Yeah, I made sure they were getting a little paid. I wouldn't let them do nothing without getting hey, paid. Hey, look, we oh, don't know. They man. thought they, thought they we, I'm just me saying, I'm just saying, I don't know how much we were getting paid. You know what I'm saying? We don't never know that. We'll just, I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. Man, let me play one of my daddy's favorite songs. This is one of my daddy's favorite right here. Next man, you a fool for that one. Yeah. I, heard, I heard this one. You played it before. I don't care what they say. What? I don't care what they yeah. Say. yeah. What? I'm just gonna keep on shit because I spit the truth. I 
I know I'm super fly. No, I don't need your props. Cause even God bob his head when my music drops. Even, even God bob his, even God bob his, even, even God bob his head when my music drops. My daddy used to love this shit right here. Yeah. You know the verse. I know the that verse. <laughs> Hey, some people call me khaki, some people call me cool. I'm just a swagger person, I just combine the two. I am so futuristic, breaking down all statistics. Some say that hip hop's broken, but hold, I come to fix it. My music is the rain, cause hip hop's in the drop. I seen one hook, I spit one verse, now the demand is out. I am a living legend, prepare to be amazed. A different breed of rapper, won't stop to the world and say, Yeah, I be repping Jesus, so you know I gotta shine. They'll play my music from the Fisher 1079. I'm on my Texas swag. I'm chopping screw in it. First there was Drake, now I'm the youngest rapper doing it. I praise him right, I will. I praise him right, I will. A young gospel rapper, God gave some stupid skills. I'm going in for God, and yeah, that it was so. My music blowing up. Turn up, turn up, turn up. I don't care what they say. See, that was my group back then. No, no, no I could Truth definitely. Be told. I could see you making money off of that group back then. Oh, they how was, old we are? They how old? Was, how old? They was hot. How old? Like twelve? No, no, we like high school. Fourteen. What about high school? It was high yeah, school. It was high school. It was high school because had left. So, so, so let me tell you the difference. Let me tell you the difference. So, one of my biggest disappointments with my daddy. He gonna listen to the pot. So how you encourage his music? Mm-hmm. My dad was so against mm-hmm. my music. Like me and my boy uh, Marquise and Carvon, shout out. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in your defense, <clears throat> my dad was for it because he seen music win because my mom did music. Okay, That's right. Okay, like, so I, I, I'll give you that. So, give you that so my dad, my mom was making money at one time. All we record. did was just I yeah. So all we were doing was I just was help producing her. So, so like he just seen it was an opportunity. I was doing gospel. This is when the gospel rap first. Like I remember Canton Jones before he was big. Like Canton Jones opened up for my mama one time. So like, hey. I, so like I remember. Hey man, pick that up. I know, right? That name you just dropped. <laughs> 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 Drop the name. Hey, so, so look, I'm just saying. Like that's in your dad' defense. Okay, I'll, I'll take that because man, we had just performed for Dallas Austin. We had won the talent. We had got in the talent show last minute by performing on the PA system, and Dallas Austin's right there. So he said, "Y'all can get in." We won. Boom. We get a contract. My dad, new edition. Everything. My dad would not sign the fucking contract. We were we were sixteen, and my one of my friends was seventeen. He would not sign it. Like. My one, my one of my friends' mom, she signed it, no problems. Mm. My other friend's dad was like, "Well, what Keith dad say?" And my dad was like, "Nah, he got a full ride scholarship to Fort Valley. We're not doing that." Yeah. That see, that's so good. Well, that's good. He's seen some foresight. But see, that was around I mean, the time yeah, Soldier Boy was he, coming you out. Yeah. He would have been paid, man. Your daddy yeah. probably slowed down. Exactly. Yeah. So I wouldn't say, all right. So I give you what. So daddy, you don't, you probably don't even know this. The one time where you could have changed the complete. Trajectory of my life. We living in Alabama, Tuscaloosa. So that's when we're doing all the work out there. And me and Jamal, you know me, Jamal, but me and Troy, we always was been on the cutting edge of business. <laughs> we always been on cutting edge, and I remember. 
this was before social media was now nah, this was before social media we probably going 130 <laughs> this was before social media was like hot hot right and we were seeing that all the businesses are getting ready to curve there we starting to see like okay walmart they just made a twitter okay like this about to be social media about to be a business thing so i came to my dad remember that we said mm-hmm. we're gonna redo your website we're gonna do your logo i was i was consulting even back then so me and me and Jamal, before we got on phone, we said we were gonna try eight hundred for it. But when I started getting on the phone, I know my, my daddy getting money, bro. Like my daddy getting paid, right? And I'm like, man, what this stuff we're doing is worth it. I done already researched it. It ain't worth eight hundred. It's worth more. So daddy said how much it was. I said five thousand. And I just remember Jamal started laughing on the phone. <laughs> and you said no. I'm telling you, Daddy, if you would have told me yes right there, my level of confidence in business would have went to a whole, like, just getting that bag of money would have changed the game for me. I'm telling you, that's the one time. That's the one time where you missed the mark. You should have made that investment. Well, it's not that I... And we did the work. It ain't like we didn't do the work. We built the website. And it was better than your website. Your website was trash. Well, how come I never used y'all's? Because you were that arrogant. You didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> it didn't have nothing to do with arrogance. What y'all was offering, what y'all was offering at the time, let me say that there was great value to what y'all was offering. And, uh, and regardless of how you see, you should always put a price on value. And and y'all value at the time wasn't matching y'all price. And I'm the type of person, if you ever known me, you know, I've I've never took no, you know, for an answer. I've always told y'all this in any form or fashion, you you just come back a different way. I don't recall you ever coming back. I don't recall you ever coming back. And I did, saying, and I'm gonna tell you why you know, I ain't come back. If you you should always, you should always. I give you go that. in the circle. You should never just jump out. I give you that we didn't come back, but I if I can believe that if I remember correctly, it was Jamal why we didn't go back, and that's probably why <laughs> I can say because I know Jamal was mad because he actually did the work. I convinced Jamal to do. And build a site. And I'm like, my dad visual. He just got to see it. <laughs> and you told him right. You're right. Because usually visually is what catches me on every every incident. So, that's one. But I ain't going to dwell on it. I should have came back. I'll give you that. Um, um, one thing. We talk about what you what you learn. Like, what do you think? I'm about to say what mine, what, I, what it is. But what do you think? What's the biggest lesson you instilled in me as a father? I think the biggest lesson is, uh, for one, to be honest, be a straightforward uh, businessman, a person as much as you possibly can, work hard, work hard ethics. Uh, I, I think I gave you guidance in, uh, in appearance. Uh, I, I never wanted you to go in the, the directions of, uh, 
the saggy, baggy look. Hey, Q, when I say when I say he did not want that because I used to, you know we grew up the Soldier Boy era. Yeah. I remember trying to change my brand, and I yeah. told my dad I want to dress <clears throat> with suits. Man, my daddy took me yeah. to buy some of the most expensive white men brands you could find. <laughs> I was wearing Dockers. I, was I, re- I remember you spent like two hundred dollars. My dad was just so happy. And then, I, but, but you know that you can always get people to spend. I remember I switched it up like that. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna just do khakis." Yeah. And but my mama ran down and bought all the ca- what you want to dress nice. I didn't. I, I, I didn't wear pants, jeans for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but that was young Joe that did me like that. I used to just take. I used to take him and Nick just to just to show off the talk about things like Mont Blanc pins and money clips and stuff, just so they can so they can know, you know, just. That there's some things that people carry certain things, and it was all for business reasons. My daddy used to have a month block pin with, with a diamond in it. You know, you know that was just all because you know not everybody knew what Mont Blanc was, but certain people that across the table when they look across and they seen that Mont Blanc diamond pin in my, and they knew I had a five hundred dollar pin in my shirt, so it just. It's just I, I, ain't, I ain't got a lot of that month block did help me when I got older. I was in a room and I was in a meeting and I'm like, and I had said the name and then you could tell they were like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But I, I like, my I've daddy al- did that. I've always instilled certain things in them that, uh, to help them, the, the progress ahead in, uh, uh, business ethics more than anything. I think just, you know, family life was shown. I didn't have to teach that. They seen the family life. I, I know they know they know that their mother was there. They know that I was there. They know that we supported them in in their failures that was seen to them, but to us was just them growing. And they know we was there uh, uh, to support them in 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 every endeavor that they seeked out. Especially uh, my son, man, he, he has several endeavors as a young man. And I, I stood behind each and every single one of them. And, and, and they was cost effective. Some of, some of, one, some of them were. But uh, at the same time, you should, I learned that the best investment is the back into your children. So that's when I started investing in every, every endeavor any one of my children came to me with, my girls. They all can tell you that I've started businesses with them. I've, I've, I've supported their groups. And this was all because investing into your children. Because I wasn't expecting that I'm going to be old one day or nothing like that. I just just realized that that more than anything... Because I didn't have that coming up. I want to know that, can I change something? And I really, I really started looking at, can I change, uh, uh, the generational things that I've seen in my, like for instance, here I am, I'm what? I'm, how old am I? I'm 57. Yeah. And, uh, I've never had one family reunion in my life, in our family. So, so it's certain things that I knew coming up in my family, I wanted to instill into my son and my daughters so I can see them change. Now, I see I'm very proud of all of my children, proud of every single one of them. They're, they're great 
entrepreneurs, their their leaders. Who your their, favorite? You know, every single one of them on the same level. I have no uh, one that's greater than the other. They all have bullshit. You lying? You lying, Mister E? Because you have multiple kids. Who's your favorite right now? Because I know the favorite changes. It changes. They all have succeeded in their (laughs) own personal ways, and I think that you know anybody that look at their kids, they can say that each and every one of them has a value that cannot be measured when it comes to measurements of the heart. So there's no favor that's to right. a child. Yeah, boy. I get the bullshit. I get that from him too. So, look, so um, I say this, Daddy. You, um, one thing I think you did for all of us that nobody can take away, and we talked about this on the last sister got something to say. The way you transformed the house from that gas station to what it is now, from when we go into this two bedroom gravel gas pump can you just talk about because mama was on the podcast and she talked a little bit about it about how you did it but like can you just talk about like one how did you convince her to move there (laughs) well first of all let's say it started off from this uh uh as a young man anytime you get married you always want to have your first home and uh you know when me and your mama got married which is you know we was married for 30 years so when we first got married uh the very first year, we stayed separated for a year. The entire first year, we <coughs> married. We, we we was over in a foreign country in the Philippines. Some things were said, and uh, I didn't mean it, you know. But anyway, I said some things. All I said, she said something like, "When I get home, I'm leaving." And I said, "Why are you waiting till you get home?" I didn't even mean that shit. <laughs> And she just gonna take it. She gonna yeah, take it. I definitely get my way with women in front of this nigga. I'll tell you, boy. <laughs> I must have got that from somebody else. I just went in and said, okay. So anyway, she stayed gone for that week. Anyway, she came back after a year later. After that comment. A year later. And you was born. She came home, I think, the week, yeah. two weeks after you was born. You she sure came I'm home. Son. She came <laughs> <laughs> She came home two weeks after you was born. You ever did a DNA test? <laughs> we birthed you in the Philippines. <laughs> but anyway, uh that way you got them Asian eyes. <laughs> God damn. Hey man, me and you need to do a DNA test, bro. See, you don't. I don't. See, I don't lost the whole question. What was the question? Now, no, I'm just saying. Like, how'd you turn the uh, house? How'd, how'd you get in that house? Yeah, just talk about oh, that. that oh, just, oh, just and, and the only reason I, I brought that up is because, uh, you know, as a young man, you get married. You know, you want to get your own house, right. and me and your mama was living. Matter of fact, when we got married. First was in the apartments. I remember those. Well, you weren't born yet, but when we first got married, we lived in a hotel for six months. We lived in the, right there in Monroe on Highway 78. We stayed in that hotel for six months. And then after six months, uh, that's when I met Tony Prather. Tony Prather. And, uh, the good uh, white man. Yeah, but before 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 I uh, moved over to them to our house, I met Tony Prather. Because I spent the whole that whole year when your mother left, I spent the whole year working my butt off, doing everything I knew to win her back. I I remember 
the mo- back in that day to give a girl two thousand dollars cash was a lot, but she looked at it like, you know, I don't want it. You know, and she just played me like that for a whole year. Fuck your money, boy. <laughs> yeah, she did, she did that for a whole year. And then I go out and get our first house. I went out and got it by myself. Damn, my mama was a city girl in my bro. I, I, picked, I picked out a house. I furnished the whole house. And then I asked her to come over for a date. And she came up for a date. And I think, man, I know I got it now. Lawrence. And, and, then, and, then, and then her ass going to tell me something. You know, you, you could have done all this while I was at home. You going to do it while I'm gone? And she still didn't come back. So I'm like, damn, you can't win from losing. You know, you're doing all this. So anyway, it got to the point after I'd done all that for a year. Make a long story short, things had got rough. I got down and out. I was sad. I was missing your mother. I'll never forget. I'm laying on a uh, on a couch in an apartment, and the screen door was there. And I remember your mama walked in the door carrying a broom and a mop, and you were just born like two, three weeks, you know. So she just knocked on the door. She didn't even knock. She just opened the door and walked in. And I'm sitting on the couch. I done been through my little pity pity party for a year now, you know, thinking she ain't never coming back. And she walked in the door, and I said, what you doing? She said, I'm cleaning my house. And i never forget that. Like day. a shouter, bro. <laughs> hey, like hey, a shouter. Hey, <laughs> hey, she came home, and that was 30 years ago. But anyway, you was born, and uh, I told my wife, I said, look, I'm going to get us out of this apartment. And that's when... uh. She was happy that I was going to get out of the apartment. I said, I'm going to get us a house. And she was like, you getting us a house? I said, yeah, I'm going to get us a house, baby, another one. And then all of a sudden, I remember bringing a home one to this house I bought. I went and got this house, and I brought her over there. And I, I knew she was smiling all the way over there. And when we pulled up in that gravel that gravel yard, just gas gravel, station. Like, lime green. Lime green block. block gas, gas station. station. <laughs> I'm talking about this shit. Horrible. <laughs> I mean, with the, the gas pump still in the front yard, you I'm see the tank, folk, the concrete. Folk knocking on the door, asking if the stove still the open. History, it used to be a store there. It was a gas station. Look, with the little wood fence. So, the little wood fence in the front. Hey, the, 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 the man next door, just he just happened to make me a good deal. You know, he made me an offer, and he said, uh, I'll let you move in it. You can start fixing up on it. And I said, okay, great. So I moved in. I think I started moving. That was my first house rental, and it wasn't even a house. I'm calling it a house, but it was like $500 back then. So I was, like, excited. I brought her over there. Oh, you, you bought the crib for 500 No, I, I, I rented it. I started oh, wow. renting it for 500 from this the same next the old man next door. Mr. What's his name? What was his name? Mr. Uh, White Whitehead. Yeah, Mr. Whitehead. You're crazy too. Crazy white man. He be Mr. jumping Whitehead. in the pool about drowning stuff and shit. All kind of crazy stuff. Come yeah. on my property doing all kind of stuff. Yeah. Drinking and yeah, I remember mowing his like, yard. Man, it's so crazy that I did not know about like white racism, white supreme like if I know the shit I know now, man, it's so much shit with me at you. All right, keep going. Keep going. Well, that's a whole nother story. But uh but I do know that since she was talking about that house, I did bring her to that house, and she was very disappointed. She was so disappointed, she she actually got sad. I think that was 
probably a, a, a time when she went into depression. <laughs> she went into depression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just didn't realize it. All I know is that, that I just knew. See, that's me. I'm a visionary. This I can see the finished product of anything. You know, I don't see the beginning. except his son working. <laughs> no, this, this is how you know your mom and all moms out there are just shouting. Because your mom came on the pod and hearing her side of the story. You would have thought she was down the whole time. <laughs> she, like she said, she said it was a little rough, but you said she went to a major depression. Uh, yes. yeah. <laughs> hey, look, hey, we need to find that that's clip. See, we need to put that clip in. My mama said I that. was leaving out, going out every day. Yeah, keep in mind, I was leaving out every day in my in my van, picking up ten white guys, and we all went to. Atlanta, steak houses every day for lunch and everything. She back home in this block house, you know, with uh man running around, Paula running around, no carpet on the floor, block structure, lime green on the outside. You know, I mean, I'm sure she just, you know, it had to be, when I think back at it, I can't believe I've done something like that. But I had a vision, though. And I ain't laughing about it, but I had a vision. I, you know what? I'm going to make the cover of, of fact, this podcast the picture fact, of that house. Remember the picture, man? I drew, I, I had, I, I had talked a, about that. I had an architect draw the picture of that house. And I took it and I placed it on the wall. And I told him, I said, this is the house. It's going to be that one day. And you know what? It, it took, it took a few years. It took a few years, but. It didn't take a few years to do the construction. It took a few years for me, which is crazy, to realize that I was building an image outside of my house because I was building a business and, uh, you know, I didn't want family on the job, like I, I said at the time. And Bastard. I was building, <laughs> building all this for the family. But at the same time, I should have recognized how probably sad my wife was at a certain point. But I didn't realize it because she was in a she was a two hundred percent in support of everything I've done. So she would be smiling and laughing and everything with me. But when we talked later on, and then I found out more later on that she was going through those stages. But that was me going through my stages of. of of growing and trying to understand a man and becoming a family man too. But when that day came, when I realized that my wife should have the best of what everybody else should have, when that day came, it didn't take but 30 days. I took that entire gas station in 30 days and turned it into from a, from a two bedroom to a five. It was, it was appraised that it was appraised at, at $40,000 when I got it. And when I got through it, appraised like uh, two point six, and I did that in thirty days. So it's just that I just decided seven thirty to be exact. Mama said on the podcast. Seven what? She said seven years and thirty days. Yeah, the thirty days. Is <laughs> that the what she last said. She day. said seven years is just walking in the picture, and this Negro built the house in thirty days. <laughs> But oh, in man. 30 days after that, she had the best house on the block. Hey, look, because <laughs> I, I, I want to go, because I, I know we're about to wrap up, and y'all, it, it's, y'all, it's Father's Day. You know what I'm saying? We always, you know, cut short the Father's short. We ain't doing that on Just Other Podcast. So we, we're going to finish this conversation. Um, 
I want to transition, Dad. One thing I do want to hit on is uh, um, that house, right? It was a big moment in our life. But there was a, one of the, a, a very defining moment for me is when I moved out. And then shortly after I moved out, we lost the house. Mm-hmm. And then the family came in and lived at my apartment at the time. It was after the crash, mm-hmm. the economy crash. You had a lot of real estate going on that affected you heavily. Like, mm-hmm. can you talk about that, what that was for you? I, I've talked about what it was for me, but like from a dad perspective. Well, from a, a dad perspective, uh, with the lifestyle that me and your mother had built, and for uh, things to have gotten tough the way they did, uh, that we would have to come and live with one of our one of our children, that was the last thing we would have wanted to have done. And personally, I I think that was one of the times for me that would be, uh, I would say that. Uh, not embarrassing, but it was just more. Uh, it was definitely a place I didn't want to be. Yeah, I was, even nine of us in there. Ain't nobody want to be there. You know, I, I was grateful, but uh, it, it was some. It was a circumstance that I didn't want to be in. But at the same time, it was a, a beautiful thing because it it really branched us out to be such a more stronger family. I think from that point because. Uh, we we learned to embrace each other in the in the tough times uh, within ourselves as a family. You would never know when this family is going through a tough time from as an outsider, because uh, we embrace each other so well in a supportive system among ourselves. You you would always think that we're on top of the world, and you would never know if we're on the bottom. Because that's just the way we taught each other and embraced each other. What do you think that moment did for our me and your relationship? Let me see. And, and just transparently for me, I felt like that's the first time when me and you really started talking. For real, for real. Like, And that was like when we just had, I mean, we had conversations, we worked on the way to work. But like when we really just started having conversation that's for me it was like when i met you well i think that would probably be more uh of a good quote to say because uh you know nick when nick came in the family you and nick got the opportunity as as siblings to really bond together and y'all and y'all became a, a, a close-knit relationship that actually left me in a place to where i was very confident that all my kids was okay because I, I seen how you were I seen how how the girls were and I just knew their mother took care uh the whole circle of everyone so yeah I think that was a, a a time that me and you probably opened up a little bit more from that point on and then as time went on I think when I started losing losing my uh my zeal for business as much because I felt like I'd done everything I wanted to ever do. It ain't. I just. I just don't feel like it's too much out there that uh, I. I wanted to accomplish. Uh, not saying that is not things that I'm continually uh, working towards accomplishing, but uh, at a certain point, I just feel like as a father, I want to spend more time and invest in 
getting to know you and the and the girls more. And if you if you and if you would ask you, you would say the same. I would think that our adult adult relationships has been much better than our our, our child relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah, whoop me because we. Yeah, it ain't it ain't that. I can't. I can whoop you, but <laughs> you know, I know you still think you can handle me. Hey, look. Oh, uh, so I agree though. I agree. I think that was good. My question for you now, you know what I'm saying? We just uh spent almost two hours just talking about our your childhood, my childhood. I didn't realize it's been that long. Yeah, it's been that's what I'm saying. Like um But what do you want the future for me and you to look like? Our relationship as father son, you go then I go. And Keith got to say what he want for his son and what he want for his dad. Because his dad listening. Shout out to what, Mr. Keith. What I like to see is a, a continuation of what we have now, but uh, more openness from you as to if you got questions or it's just like this. <clears throat> my dad is not here. You know, my dad passed away about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's several things I wish I would have talked to my dad about. Several things. And uh, and I didn't because I just, I didn't have that relationship with my dad like that. Uh, not that. Not that I couldn't have went to him and talked to him. But I just, I wasn't in that place as a young man growing up had a lot of questions then. So what I will say to you now is that, uh, of course, uh, a day is going to come where we all going to not be here. And I just want you to fulfill yourself in any questions or any thoughts or anything you want to know as to your, the culture or your nature of your dad and, and where it come from or anything. I want you to be able to open up and, and get that. So you can have all the fulfillment that you can get out of life of questions out of your parents, you know. So that's that's what I want us to, to have. Open I up. Say. I got it. Yeah, I definitely, uh, for me, man, I guess I'm going to uh, go ahead and knock, knock my girl up. So, you know, I can talk to you about fatherhood. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Nah, nah, I do. You know, what we already doing, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just having an open relationship, having more conversation. But um, I would like us to be more intentional and strategic about the legacy of what the Washington name looks like. Because uh, even if you look at your brothers and their sons, and you know what I mean? Like, as far as connectivity, we probably like the closest and strongest. You know what I mean? Like, and... um. I want to keep what do we what like you said what does the legacy of the Washington family look like not just in this clan but across the stage right. you, know, you know what I'm saying like let, let's what does that look like so be more strategic on that legacy building that's what I would like sounds like a great plan what about you Keith man what you want for your uh, you and your dad and you and your son um I actually think me and my dad are pretty cool uh Probably the same thing, man. I'm glad your dad liked me now. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> one thing about my dad. Now, one thing I do like about my dad, he doesn't put, you know, he he's smart enough to know when I fuck up, it ain't my friends. You know, some people be like, oh, it's because you're hanging around. Right. My dad found out at an early age, like, oh, nah, it ain't it ain't Eddie doing this yeah. shit. It's you <laughs> and Eddie doing this yeah. shit. So he's off of that. But one thing I would say probably I want for my dad more is – um. I just need him to be more intentional with my children, with with his grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and we talk about it all the time. So I think he's working on it, but I don't think he realizes how important a role of granddad is. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, you know, when it comes to the black family, I mean, how many people have strong grandfathers? You know right. what I mean? And then when I do see a strong grandfather in the family, I see a strong family. Right. Um. From my son, I just I my I think my son's actually getting on to it. Um, I wanted him to be more open, like to the world, like, as far as like connecting dots historically, because right. I keep trying to explain to him, you know, you're getting the best of both worlds. You got me, you got your mom, you got your stepdad, you got their whole family, you got your mom's whole family, you got my whole family. So you're coming from. A lot of places yeah. where you can pull from. So right. you know, if you if your granddaddy on that side got horses for you, well, your granddaddy on this side could probably show you how to make some money off the horses. Right. You know, it's you have a lot of resources. So my my son's pretty. He's pretty much doing it. You know. It, you know, just be cool, man. You know. I don't, you know. I, I read a book that said, you know, uh, one of the main rules in life is like top twelve rules of life. Right. One of the rules was do things to make your do things. To have a child that you like, mm. meaning that you know you want your kid to be cool. All right, well, put him in some cool clothes. You know, talk to him about being. Don't just you want to know, you want him to know how to fight. Hey, hey, you know what? Let me. You, you coming home a little toughed up? Let, let's talk about it. Let's let's see how you how you look. You know, so uh, you know, just want to be cool. You know, he'll be he'll be cool though. Right. Um, you know, to my sons in Dominican Republic. <laughs> 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 Your son's in Ghana. <laughs> hey, <to my> son. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey! I know y'all niggas didn't send me nothing for Father's Day. But <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I love y'all, man. But look, man, uh, for real, Dad. Thank you for coming on, and having this conversation. I didn't realize this. We just really spent this much time. <laughs> like this is a long episode. Enjoyed it, but it, it's good. It's real good. I look forward to it. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there, man. We um, appreciate y'all. Don't let them cheat y'all with just a tie and a regular meal. Get what you want this week. And to all the listeners, we love y'all. We need y'all. Most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. We out. <laughs>